I just closed the windows, but it's been like nice here, and I could hear when the Great Dane comes out on the deck. So I've been like rushing out to have cigarette bre- breaks and spend time with the Great Dane. What did you call it again? Friend dog? No, what is it called? Big dog. Big dog. <laughs> ah, so good. Every time I have the opportunity to ask his name, I'm just too enamored with actually playing with him to like have a conversation um, with his owners. And big dog is so good. As yeah, it's just a big dog. Go- yeah, well, as far as names go, you know what I mean? Yeah, and he likes to play with snow. It's adorable. Um, and what is it? Enemy enemy cat? No. Nemesis cat. Nemesis cat. You're much better naming things than I am. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Thought Bubble, a podcast about comics and comics adjacent culture. I'm Joanna Robinson. And I'm Dave Gonzalez. If you're just joining us for the first time, we're here to answer your questions about all things Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Tuesday, February 10th, and this is issue number 13. This is a special issue. It might end up being, I don't know what, a double digest, or, or what would you call like a, a special issue? Well, what number is it supposed to be? 13. Okay, so 12.1. All right, so this is 12.1. There may or may not be a 13 later this week, or it may come next week. But, but any of you loyal listeners will know that the news that broke last... I hope you all thought first of Dave Gonzalez when you heard the news last night that, or this morning, that Marvel now has a an arrangement with Sony to share the character of Spider-Man. So we are just talking about this Marvel-Sony deal, the character of Spider-Man, Spider-Man spinoffs, what it means for Marvel, all of that, because there's a lot of news to cover. And this is Dave's... like this <laughs> And is- it invalidates everything we basically talked about on the previous episodes. So that's the wonderful <laughs> thing about podcasts. It is, but but that's, uh, that's ancient history. But this is basically Dave's Christmas, right? This is your Christmas. No? Uh, it was, it's, uh, yeah, basically my, I, I guess to give the deep background now yeah. that everything actually happened, I got a phone call from my editor at Latino Review and he's like, hey, uh, there's going to be, you know, some pressure from Sony parent company to make this deal with Marvel that at that time was sort of rumored. And so we knew it existed and then sort of pressing on it, it became apparent that Marvel was prepping for it to happen. Uh, so it looked like it was really going to happen. And um, when did we, you get that phone call? Uh, a while ago. Okay, you don't have to say when, but uh, like you've been talking to me about this for a while. So is is that's when you got the phone call? Like a while ago? Um, that kind we, of a while ago. Well, the it, when we first started realizing this was happening was probably around October because right. they had the announcement right. of the movies With the calendar, yeah, and everybody realized that Black Panther had been shifted into the Spider Man spot. Or at least those people that knew that there was an active Spider-Man deal going on. So everybody thought it like kind of went bad. But right. post hack, uh, all of a sudden post our Sony sources hack. post Sony hack, all of a sudden our sources said that that was sort of the straw that broke the camel's back uh, in terms of uh, Sony Sony Picture Entertainment's parent company getting involved more that, just because uh, they were screwing up a potential asset, less because they were making creatively bankrupt movies or they had been hacked. That the hack was the straw, or the Black Panther announcement was the straw. I think the hack was the straw if there was any pressure to get the deal done. Okay, um, so now, this, sorry, go ahead. Well, I mean, now the deal evolved and, and like there's all sorts of ways where Amy Pascal stepped down to start her own production company. And that obviously is somewhat connected to this because she basically took Sony's, you know, big superhero franchise with her. She's going to be a co-producer on right. a new Spider-Man uh, series. So, I mean, everybody who said when she stepped down it was because of some sort of like hack shame when really I think this is all just like a complex business deal where there's pressure where it's like you have the Spider-Man character that is super profitable even when, you know, these movies aren't working. Why can't you just make the movies work? And so the deal that was reached was 
instead of a full outright sale of the character, which would basically be Sony rolling over and, you know, selling off an asset that, you know, isn't done printing money. Uh, what's happening is sort of a shared deal where Marvel could use him, but Sony retains uh, the Spider-Man movie franchise and creative control over that, which uh, had been a sticking point up until this very complex profit-sharing deal was reached. The the picture that you painted for me a while ago uh, mm-hmm. that I've been operating under, and and you know, let me know if. Um, I say anything I shouldn't and we'll redact it. But I'll speak generally. Yeah. Um, and, it, and I might reiterate some of what you just said, but I just want to like dumb it down for people like me, which is that um, Sony Electronics, which owns Sony Pictures, wants Spider-Man to be profitable. No, duh. They want Spider-Man to be profitable. Back in 2002, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man was the biggest movie of the year. And, you know, the slightly less well, no, no, the other the sequels were even more profitable, right? But maybe not top of the year. Anyway, bottom line, the Sam Raimi trilogy is insanely profitable for Sony Pictures. The Amazing Spider-Man has not been, it hasn't been like a disaster. It just hasn't been the juggernaut that the Marvel films are or even the DC films are. So, uh, you know, Sony Pictures, parent company, Sony Electronics is like, why can't you do as good of a job as Marvel is doing? And should we sell Spider-Man back to Marvel? No. I mean, obviously, that's probably what Marvel wants, because Marvel wants Spider-Man. They're one of their most popular, their most popular character of all time. Uh, and Sony doesn't want to give up potential cash cow. So this is a like a very weirdly worded deal of shared custody and, and, and sort of a unprecedented, right? A bit of shared custody. Uh, as far as I know, off the top of my head, yes. And yeah. everything you said is accurate except attributing feelings to these companies. Like well, it's, yeah, yeah. it's much mean, more complex. It's just, like they well, don't it's care about money. Spider-Man. It's just money. Right. And there's like a Sony was already, the parent company was already trying to look for ways to maybe split apart or diversify the film division because of low returns recently and some different right. investments. And that had caused them a whole bunch of financial dealings and blah, blah, blah. So it wasn't like, don't sell off Spider-Man, you know, you need to find a middle ground. It was like, you need to make Spider-Man work. This is no longer something that we're, like, going to let you, like, maybe have a Sinister Six or Venom movie or, like, try to dig yourself out of the Amazing Spider-Man 2 hole. It's like, no, Andrew Garfield's going to be gone. You're going to have to figure something out. And something you told me, once again, we can redact this if if you want to, but is that Amy Pascal had, like, a personal investment and Andrew Garfield and, and Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone. Uh, but I, she just uh, traditionally has is uh, has been a very strong advocate for right. her stars as an executive, and this was no different. And now, even I've been learning stuff recently that she was very supportive of Mark Webb as well. So you know, she's just uh, supportive of the artistic talent, and so that was possibly a sticking point but that's just like in the realm of gossip we'll okay. we'll, we'll it's gonna that. be a while before we know what happened between october and now okay so we'll leave uh, that in the realm of gossip yes uh but the bottom line is andrew garfield's out yes this is a hard reboot like amazing spider-man 3 is not happening so the new standalone spider-man film will not be andrew garfield and it may not even be peter parker but it probably will right mm, yes so it'll most likely be peter parker okay but but spider-man will first be in a marvel film and we're guessing it's a captain america civil war right uh yeah and that i think i was right about is they're not going to do an origin uh they're going to do a high school movie they're not going to lean on the romance as much I think that's all part of what Marvel was thinking about doing with the character. And now that Kevin Feige is a full-on producer, I think he's going to sort of help that come across. Basically, you could think about it as they're going to try to build a movie that fits for them, Sony. And Kevin Feige could like be in the room and say, like, Spider-Man doesn't do that. He's not part of the MCU, so we can't say Spider-Man can't do that because it's going to screw with, you know, right. my future plans for Infinity War. So, but he's going to say, like, Spider-Man doesn't do that. But you likened this to a, a divorce, I think, a divorce proceedings. Yeah. A it's custody like, battle. So, well, but let's, battle. yeah, so let's talk about this, about how basically Kevin Foggy is dad and Amy Pascal is mom. Mom has, like, f- 
most custody. Kevin Feige has weekends and they're trying to raise this character together and it's going to be tense negotiations because Amy Pascal, divorced mom, is like, I think Spider-Man should take piano lessons. And Kevin Feige, divorced dad, is like, I think Spider-Man should play soccer. It and is going to be more complex than that. <laughs> okay. It's like Kevin Feige and Avi Arad are the two dads and they refuse to be in the same room as each other, but both deeply care for the child. And Amy Pascal is something like Avi Arad's ex-wife. Or a mediator. Court-appointed mediator. Yeah, who has spent enough time making this character profitable that now she cares about this character. And so Feige and and Pascal are going to work together, but... It seems like, from what Variety is reporting today, that the Avi Arad, Matt Tolomach universe of spin-offs, Sinister Six, Venom, and a rumored third one that they still say is an all-female Spider-Man movie. I don't know how they're going to pull that off. But um, those are still continuing development. We don't know who the producers are on that, but it would. it's amazing to me that this deal is working out the way it is and virtually no money is seeming to change hands which uh would imply to me that you know they didn't outright pay anybody out of their amazing spider-man 3 deal yet well okay so what's interesting to me uh the, the the web gets even stickier to pardon the really hokey phrasing is um what okay so then what does this mean for something like all right a question we answered the other day was could Carrie Ann Moss be playing Jessica Drew, who is a Spider-Woman character, and you're on, on on the Netflix Marvel show, a.k.a. Jessica Jones? And your answer was, as long as they don't call her Spider-Woman, it's fine. So with something like this, does Marvel have the rights to those certain characters back at all? Or is it just Spider-Man who's back on the table a bit? It seems like, um, so we talked, I think, briefly about that Marvel and Sony had some sort of back and forth about what sort of characters could be used or couldn't be used by, like, shared universes, and they had, like, discussions and agreement. Now it's basically like Spider-Man was just put in that pile. Uh, The thing that makes this groundbreaking is they're going to use the same star, and they're going to, by doing this, both be able to profit off of each other's movies, uh, seemingly. Not, like, directly. Uh, there's rumors that Marvel will get bonuses if the Sony movies do, like, really, really well. They'll set, like, benchmarks based on box office. But it's not like Marvel automatically gets a percentage of the box office of the Sony movies, nor is Sony getting a percentage of the movies that uh, Spider-Man's in from Marvel. So it's more like, I don't know. It's really fun because a lot of things could happen. Like, it's possible that all these things get shared. Like, uh, Disney's always had the Spider-Man TV rights. It's just they couldn't do a live-action one. And so now, like, that's sort of on the table in the sense that Spider-Man's now a shared character. Uh. But do you fully commit to the character knowing that you're feeding basically your rival thing? And, like, this is just a, this is like a deal, but not a ton of money's passed back and forth. So, like, the second someone box, you know, the second, you know, you know, Civil War is too profitable and the Kevin Feige movie comes out and they're like, oh, okay, well, thanks for that one. We're good now. And uh, Sony could go back to just doing its own its own Spider-Man thing. You it's, think it's they, like, uh, what, what? No. How do you mean they could just go back? Like, can they have they just made a deal for this one for Captain America Civil War and that's it? They've just made a deal for being able to share the character in the MCU and reportedly, sort of based on the Marvel press release, some MCU characters could come into Sony movies if that's agreed upon. But it's Kevin Feige's producing a series of Spider-Man movies with Amy Pascal, and that character is being shared in the MCU. If the other spinoffs are actually spinoffs and being developed differently... We don't really know what those are, but the reason this deal is unprecedented is they're both sharing an active franchise, and it's like sharing. There's no end point to this deal. It wasn't like, well, we're going to do two movies and then do this. It's like, well, we're going to set this, set up this new status quo, but much like the comic book. Oh, I'm giving away too much information. The police are coming for me. I know. <laughs> Amy Pascal heard, and yeah. she has sent the cops. That's yeah. That's really that's really what happened. Okay. Uh-huh. <clears throat> So yeah, at some point, we 
we don't know when this deal is going to terminate. If there is like a dollar amount, there's a number of movies. I mean, Marvel's obviously capable of projecting many movies into the future, but Sony at this point can't really commit to like, you know, five new Spider-Men, uh, even though it looks like they, they, they want to. So it's, it seems like a tentative balance that like at some point someone gets pissed off and this is, you know, gonna, gonna be weird, but that we'll at least get a couple movies out of it. Okay, so th- this could blow up at any moment, is what you're saying. You don't know. We don't know how long this deal could last. I am super happy about it, but because it's so new and we haven't seen anything done like it before, a lot of the more ambitious things people are talking about, I don't think are going to be risked by. Are you Sony. talking about a new Spider-Man? I'm talking about uh, Miles using Morales. Miles or Morales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I'm pretty sure I'm talking about casting a black Spider-Man. Um, although I think that'd be great, and I think Marvel's ready for it. I, I think Sony is like hey, wants to make hey Peter now. Parker work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that makes sense. But and I'll, I'll tell you something. You know, we we haven't really discussed this yet on this podcast, but I'm sure most people know that that. Basically, Marvel shuffled their lineup to make room for this Spider-Man movie, even though it's not their movie. It's Sony's movie, but it's going in the Black Panther spot, and so everything else, or the Thor spot, I don't know, anything. Anyway, Thor, Captain Marvel, uh, Black Panther, and Inhumans have all been bumped six months from their original date. That's right, right? Yeah, everything... From Thor back that isn't an Avengers movie, right. just shifted six months back. Just si- just shifted six months to make room for the Spider-Man movie. So that's interesting. Like we're gonna have to update our little like calendar that you and I look at. Um, that's updating all the time. But so like all of our handy little super superhero charts just got changed. But um, the I was expecting more th- outrage and think pieces today about we don't want to wait longer for a Black Panther and Captain Marvel movie for another white guy superhero movie and mm-hmm. maybe i was just sort of not on the internet enough today but i didn't see as much of that as i i feared i would did you see that no but like we've talked about on this podcast all those dates are just sand in the wind so, so you say so you say man i mean it's until we have a captain marvel cast uh, you know where will be nice to see that we have a black panther which is nice a poor chadwick boseman must have had a weird night where it's like, oh no, that's why they put me in Civil War. So, <laughs> uh, like, half my not, scenes are gone. Or like not that. only that, but we're pushing your solo movie yeah. to the next year. Yeah. So, hey. Um, yeah, but he had a better night than Andrew Garfield, right? Uh, or do I you mean, think Andrew Garfield was just done? Like, his I mean, girlfriend I, isn't in it anymore. He's done. I mean, I think he's got a lot out of it. And he's a better actor that needs to be in yeah, the Spider-Man role. That's a good point. And he was a great Peter Parker. And like you He know, was. I liked his Spider-Man. I have no problem with his Spider-Man. So everyone's like every or everyone. The people I've been talking to were like, We're just gonna forget the amazing's happened. I'm like, I'm gonna forget the first three happened and be like, Amazing happened. And then, like, here's this like sort of cool Spider-Man two movie with James Franco in it. And then now whatever happened in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, I liked the first Spider-Man. But that's, the, I mean, <sighs> I don't have the same depth of understanding of the characters you do. So I will just leave that there. Well, um, I, just, I mean, I was, <laughs> I loved it at the time because I got to see Spider-Man. Yeah. And I was just like, ah. But I mean, that, that being said, I would take Amazing Spider-Man over Spider-Man in terms of first Spider-Man movie. Um, what was I going to say about this? Well, okay, you can remember, but I will say that it's sort of fun to think about like the way we chased our tails around certain things like Felicity Jones being Black Cat or what is BJ Novak's role, you know, like all that time we spent sort of or at least me, I'll just speak for myself, sort of No, uh, no, I was in the room going with down Aviarid and Matt Tolomak being like, "All right, let me ask you about some people." Yeah, yeah, all the time we spent sort of chasing that. I mean, those that's that's dead, right? Like the spinoffs that they do are not going to be spinoffs from this amazing Spider-Man run. Maybe not. Maybe I think we're done with the Peter's parents had something to do genetically with his origin story. It's gotten cut out of two movies. Uh, I think we're completely done with the untold origin. 
thing. I think that's going to be Mark Webb's sad thing. He goes down with that ship. Um, I, but there's some sort of economy with picking up with a post Gwen Stacy Depp Spider-Man and just like... You mean, well, that's a good excuse for him not to have a romance plot, right? Well, not to have a room. I mean, the thing is, they're going to go back in time. So it's like he's going to be, I don't know, late high school age, probably. But I'm saying emotionally for that character to appear in uh, Marvel Civil War, uh, he's got to have a place in that movie with a lot of other characters that we're very well aware with uh, who are dealing with very serious world-level issues. And Spider-Man at the beginning is not that character. Spider-Man is basically never that character. Sometimes he's like a cool Avengers team guy. But like not until like recently with the Dan Slott run has he become like, I'm going to save the entire world! Mm-hmm. So it's like it's... the. They have to have a high school age character, but a matured version of the character instantly because it's getting seated in. And Why such- do you know that he, it's definitely a high school story? Just because that's um, a rumor you've heard. That's a rumor I've heard that both um, sides have been interested in. Okay, so in Captain America Civil War, yeah. in theory, yeah. we're going to meet a new Spider-Man who's probably still going to be Peter Parker, but a new Spider-Man. He's going to be a high school kid. And we won't have, like, have any introduction to... He's just going to, like, show up and be Spider-Man. Uh, I'm hoping... I mean, you've talked to me a bit about Spider-Man's role in, in Civil War. Um, so I'm aware of that. Right. But, but, I mean, like, like someone pointed out today, it's going to have, you know, uh, this version of Civil War is going to have as much inversion in common with its comics counterpart of the same name as the extremist storyline or the Winter Soldier storyline, which is to say it's going to be completely different. Okay. Um, so they could do a secret identity thing. That would be cool. It could just be a cool excuse to not have your Spider-Man unmask so you could buy yourself some time to not cast the lead movie for another studio's trilogy of films. Um, but uh, Oh, so you could just have Spider-Man show up and never take off his mask. We'll just put him on the cap side instead of putting him on the huh. you know, on the Iron Man side. And then he has a vested interest in not taking off his mask. And we know what it, what it is because we're familiar with Spider-Man and we know that he has suffered a whole bunch of loss. But the heroes don't necessarily have to. They just have to know he doesn't want to unmask himself. I mean, like that sort of those sort of connections are the things that are. But you don't okay, but isn't that going to be confusing? I think that's going to be too confusing for the audience because the audience who is not following this mm-hmm. might just think that that's Andrew Garfield under there and not really understand that this is just either. Which is fine. That's not Marvel's problem. That's Sony's problem. But it is Marvel's problem because they don't. They're not. They're not doing that Peter Parker. They're doing a different Peter Parker, a different Spider Man. I mean, I mean, unless he just has a cameo in Civil War, that's different. If he just shows up and is in the suit and doesn't do anything, and then people can just pretend it's Andrew Garfield or whoever they want, and then he, like, really gets introduced in this new Sony film, but it's not, it's not an origin story. He's already Spider-Man. We don't have to watch Uncle Ben die again. Like, there's no romance. Is that is that... What you're saying, like we're going to get a high school film where he's already got the suit and the web situation happening, like yeah, Marvel he's, gets he's already been bitten. Right? Marvel gets to use him first, yeah, but they're not going to do the Sony's job for them. The Marvel Cinematic Universe, but Marvel is... has to, but Marvel has to do what makes sense for Marvel, and you don't yes. want people sitting in the audience being like, "Huh, what? Like, why is Spider-Man no one? No here? one's no one's going to do that. Are you kidding? I don't know. I think you give, there's, there's give people too much credit. Yeah, but I mean, there's just not as you have to be careful about introducing these characters, right? Or maybe not. You maybe you can just be like the one that funny. has to build a franchise off I, of it. I guess Mar- Marvel's like uh, Jenga tower is built off of Captain America. But if and they want to use, but if they want to use not just Spider Man, not just for the Civil War, but going forward, then they want to introduce him the best way possible. They don't want it's not just a one off where they're going to introduce him in Civil War and then hand him off to Sony and not give a crap about how they develop this Peter Parker. They want the best version of Peter Parker they can find. We both liked Andrew Garfield, but maybe they want something different they want um and i understand that they don't have final say or even maybe 
most say, but I just really feel like the introduction of Spider-Man in the MCU is, is more important than your, uh, saying. Um, yes and no. Cause they don't want to build a trilogy off of it, but if they want to use him more then they're just going to want, then they have to be invested in how he's introduced. Right. Uh, they're invested in the sense that now they have Kevin Feige on the inside of another person's movies, but Sony has creative control. So there's only so much that they can do with him. All they have to do is establish him in the universe. And civil war is not one of the movies that got moved back. So that's going. The majority of that is like things are being built. So you think it's just going to be a cameo? Well, I mean, they're going to be able, they're going to shove them in very elegantly. Marvel has been shown in the past that they could do, you know, really quick design jobs and get stuff out, you know, like Thanos ended the Avengers because why not? Um, yeah, but that I, didn't make an impression on, I mean, if you're using that as an example, I would argue that the average film goer, maybe you don't give a shit about the average film goer. I mean, not that you don't give a shit, but like, maybe that's not your focus. But the average film goer, like Thanos makes no impression at the end of the Avengers. You're just like, oh, there's a guy. I don't understand. Okay. The they end. don't need Spider-Man to make an impression in Civil War. They just need him to be there. So why? Why do they need him to be there? Just so in the future, when everybody references that one time all our Avengers were alive. Are we doing a spoiler section? Oh. Anyway. <laughs> that Spider-Man was also there. So it would be really touching when all those people get together. And I mean, it's like interesting, but because it's a shared thing, like Spider-Man's never going to be the leader of the Avengers. At best, he's on the Avengers. I mean... Well, like, for, okay, my reference point, and I've told you this already, is that I was reading the Kelly Sue DeConnick Captain Marvel, and and Captain Marvel and Captain America are talking, and then Peter Parker's there, and he's, like, flirting with Carol, and then he leaves. So he's peripheral. He's not leading anything. He's peripheral. But it's but it makes sense and it works. So right. I mean that's what I'm envisioning. That's always been what I've envisioned his involvement in my very limited scope is like peripheral, a, a B, a B character at most. I mean I'm sure he has led the I know he has led the Avengers because I did some research last night, but like he's not going to do that for Marvel. He's right. going to be a side character. He's going to be like a Hawkeye level, maybe maybe Black Widow level. No, no, no. Hawkeye level, right? I mean, I would also just love it if they sort of use him as a substitute Reed Richards and make him really smart and a teenager and he's like, is needed for, you know, uh, universal problems and they keep like showing up in his backyard and he's like, you can't keep landing in Aunt May's backyard. She's gonna figure this out. Like, <laughs> he's like taking out the trash and they're always oh, there. I'm sorry, uh-huh. Peter. Steve's charming. You, you know how it is. <laughs> All right. And like you could now do you're that just writing fan fiction, man. <laughs> no, I mean stuff like this has happened all the time because Peter yeah. Parker's super smart in the comics, and there's all these different things they haven't executed in the comics that Marvel could execute be- execute because they only have to worry about the character's relationship uh, to its already thriving story world. They don't necessarily have to worry about building the world of Spider-Man. They, that's what Sony and Kevin Feige have to worry about. And that's the sort of stuff where it's like, that is where we're going to see the exciting Spider-Man stuff happen. Like, I would, if I were Sony, I would be like, hey, an amazing, you know, it, amazing Spider-Man 2 point whatever, then maybe Daredevil pops in and tells Spider-Man he's irresponsible because he's young because that's a fun interaction that people have been wanting to see and why wouldn't Marvel be like, yes, I want to raise the profile of my Netflix show by putting it in a Sony movie. Like Mm -hmm. Stuff like that I think is much more possible. Okay. Question. Yeah. Should 20th Century Fox be like looking in their rearview mirror? Like is is this is it just because Spider-Man is the most profitable Marvel character uh in in the in the like paper comics world uh that Marvel has pursued this so hot and heavy or are they going to come for Wolverine next? Um it's Fox shouldn't be worried yet. Uh, they should keep facing forward, and if they could land one of the three X-Men movies they have in that one year, they'll be fine. They just need a consistent beat of X-Men movies that do okay. They're not like... So, uh, uh, yeah, so because uh, Sony was already a wounded gazelle, that's why Marvel was able to close, whereas if 20th Century Fox, like, uh, you know, 
lands right. these X-Men movies, they're just going to be like, no, Marvel, keep your keep your greedy hands off <laughs> Well, just by the nature of having the X-Men, uh, like, they had the capability of having all these different characters and different angles on them. And, like, Sony never even got out of the gate with their single character. So they were much more wounded. I mean, it's, I wouldn't, I, it down the line if they want to get Fantastic Four back and give it back to Marvel and this you know Spider-Man deal ends up being financially profitable for both sides that's certainly something that I could see happening but like the X-Men don't need don't need the Marvel Cinematic Universe the X-Men are the X-Men universe that's um that was maybe my favorite reaction on on Twitter last night someone posted some sort of thing where it's like people are yeah, people are wondering if if this means that Fantastic Four is coming back to Marvel. Why? <laughs> like, kind of. Yeah, I mean, unless you know, yeah, no. Um, but but Wolverine. I mean, like the X Men in general, but specifically Wolverine. And you know, in the last, in the relevancy of of comic film, Wolverine is a is a lucrative property. Maybe maybe n- not because Hugh Jackman has to keel over. Eventually, he has to lose muscle definition. Eventually, someday. Yeah. Oh, well, that and like the X Men movies don't need help, so it's really not to Marvel's benefit because Marvel doesn't need help either. Oh, well, the I mean, the X Men movies don't need help, but they're also not like top of the pops, right? Like they're. I mean, they're very good but not great right they managed to uh, drive the franchise into the ground revive it and then connect it to the previous franchise instead of like having this weird reboot stutter reboot where you have all these weird spider-mans we have the toby Maguire spider-man and the the andrew garfield spider-man and they did it in a way that embraced like the core of the x-men mythos so the fan base was like all right and the and core of comic book mythos, which this doesn't have to make sense. We don't give a crap. Well, uh, yeah, a little bit of that. But like the Marvel being a successful comic book house and eventually rising up over DC had a lot to do with their teams and had a lot to do with their team ups. And we're just seeing that replicate itself in film. And the X-Men is a concept that is based around a team. So when all of these things start working, X-Men is already from an excellent starting point. You have different X-Men teams. You have a rich backstory history that, you know, you have X-Men from multiple eras. You have this really rich, not belonging metaphor. Uh, it's, it's a property that it's, it's like the most, the, the, the easiest seed to grow in the worst soil. And uh, Fox has managed to not, not screw it up. But like stuff like Namor, I don't know why that's still at Universal. It's like, who is doing anything with Namor? I, okay. Yeah, did that, any of that make sense? Yeah, most of it. <laughs> most um, of it. <laughs> 98% of it. Um, all right, so uh, tying it back to Spider-Man. Yeah. Sp- Spider-Man. Um, Oh, I don't know. Do I have any remaining questions about this? I mean, I'm with you. I don't think that they're going to do Miles Morales or or any other version of of Spider Man. I think they're going to do Peter Parker. Um, that it just makes sense to me. And and it's not because I I agree with you. It's like uh, Marvel could do it, but Sony wouldn't. Um, and I'm curious to see exactly how much he's in. Captain America 3 and I'm curious to see if we can tell like how Black Panther has been scuttled a bit to make room or if or when um and I'm just very curious to see how this how this all shakes out going forward yeah well yeah it's I mean I am super happy first of all good and Infinity War is gonna be it's gonna be awesome I mean, hopefully somebody puts their foot down and gives him the symbiote suit in Infinity War and bypasses this premature Venom film. Or they share Venom, and who is currently in the comics, a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Wouldn't that be a crazy thing to show up? But, like, that's 
the cool thing about this is if they figure out how to use each other correctly, you could introduce something like an alien symbiote in Guardians of the Galaxy and port it over to Sony's world without having to build a Sony Spider-Man's film universe where like aliens have to be a part of it. And like that's where the magic happens. And that's where the magic happens in comics too, where you find people building these crossover events so that the payoffs and the crossover events are so worth it. I feel so, like you're teasing our next episode of the Thought Bubble. Uh, po- possibly. Right? <laughs> Which is all about this massive crossover that's happening. Well, when I get to the bottom of Secret Wars, I'll <laughs> let you guys know about it. Um, okay, but... Um, that's so interesting. It's just going to get harder and harder to track. I'm so glad that I have you as um, my guide, my Obi-Wan. Um, uh-huh. What was I going to say about this? I had one other thing. Oh, I do want you to know. I don't know if I told you this already, but I want this on record. As soon as someone told me about Spider-Man news, I said to that person, Dave was right. That was my that was my first response was Dave was right. So <laughs> well, I, I was doing my the fighting in the war room podcast. And afterwards, uh, Katie Rich, who was very sick and barely did the podcast, did like immediately message me. It was like, hey, Spider-Man. I was like, what? What? Yeah. she. Well, that's who I, I, I was keeping her name out of it. But yeah, that's she messaged me and she's like, you should cover this. And my first response was Dave was right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take that, Katie Rich. <laughs> no, I was so excited I didn't turn my phone off silent, so like I, I missed some some congratulatory phone calls. But yeah, it was a good night. Dave was right. I saw Dave some other guy right. like trying to take credit for scooping. I don't know, whatever. I I I heard it first at LatinaReview dot com. So that that's right. Yeah. Well, just more important. I'm. Don't intentionally Planet Hulk lie to you all the time for you deep cut people. No? Uh, no, I, I, I know. I know what that means. But that that being said, Hulk to space! <laughs> Hulk in space! All right. Um, God, and all those, like, I don't know. It just must feel so good to be you right now. I've seen so many headlines in the past few months of like, it's never happening. Spider-Man Marvel's never happening. And I'm like, God, I believe. Dave has made a believer of me. I believe that it's happening. There was one night like after everybody had like covered it that I went into all the comment sections and Reddit threads I could find and responded to people. It was Uh, was super fun. Oh, okay. But yeah. Go back. You might you might see some me. <laughs> Your friendly neighborhood, Dave Gonzalez. But yeah, um, awesome, just just awesome news for everybody. It's yeah. it's nice to be net right, but it was also like the excitement that I had on the phone not being able to tell anybody because we were trying to figure it out. Uh got revived instantly when it actually happened. Awesome. It was nice. Um, okay, so I think that covers all angles. I mean, it might have been like a rehash of some things that people knew, but, but you know, you did add um, some good insight, I think, into the limitations of this deal. It's not, it's not, you know, catch as catch can. There, there are rules in place. There are, you know, there's going to be some caution. And it's fragile. Like, I just can't imagine, like, you know, the, the byproduct of the Sony hack is we are more aware than ever the way that studio heads or, or you know, big shot producers talk to each other in Hollywood. And and I'm not just pinning this on Amy Pascal. It just her, like, style has been laid bare, but it is definitely not an outlier in Hollywood, I'm sure. So, um, imagining all these power players, these big, to use a, you know, sorry, I I forget sometimes what I can say in which podcast, but I'm going to say whatever I want. The big swinging dicks that are like Amy Pascal (laughs) and Kevin Feige and, and everyone else that you've mentioned, like working, playing nice and working together. I mean, and it's not, I know, take emotion out of it. It's all about the bottom line. But but there are these are people who believe they know what it takes to make a movie that makes money. That's that's their talent. They believe, and Kevin Feige is going to believe it maybe a little bit more since he's got all these Marvel movies crowded behind him, like backing up his word. But if Amy Pascal and the Sony peeps have like final creative say, I just don't understand how that's not going to be a fight the whole way. 
I mean, it really could be the best of both worlds, though, if they both realize what their strengths are. Like, Kevin Feige can build and keep integrity, and Amy Pascal is, you know, viciously on the side of the creatives. It's like, that. that's great. If you don't have, like, a Kirkman, Kurtzman and Orsi script, like, you're, you're halfway there already. Uh, so, I mean, it, things that could be this profitable for both parties can work out great if everyone just keeps their head and these two people although get they get heated they're they're not the sort of people that up until you know their emails their private emails are laid bare are like the sort of people that you know blow up so i'm hoping big things for spider-man because i really think that it's in the hands of two people that respect it even though they both know how much it's potentially worth for both of them. Can I ask you one, one more question? One silly yeah. frivolous question. Yes. If you, Dave Gonzalez were mm-hmm. to cast a new Peter Parker, who would you cast? Uh, what is it? Dylan O'Brien from the maze runner. Is that his name? Oh God. I didn't see the maze runner. The lead guy from the maze. He's, he's on teen wolf too. He's the lead guy from teen wolf. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Okay. He's got some good Andrew Garfield hair. <laughs> That's he's, all I know about him. Yeah. He's, I, I kind of wish Is they he would the go... lead guy in Teen Wolf or was he like the side guy who everyone liked better than the lead guy? Well, I mean, you haven't seen the Mandrills or I haven't seen Teen Wolf. So I think he's the lead in Teen I Wolf. I thought the lead in Teen Wolf was named like Tyler something. And I feel like this guy is like the Pacey to Tyler What's His Face is Dawson in that. Tyler What's His Face is the lead of Teen Wolf, but everyone who watched the show liked Dylan O'Brien better. That's my perception of this. Wikipedia says co stars in the MTV series Teen Wolf, so you're probably right. But isn't Tyler like the wolf? Are they both? Are they all wolves on that show? Like, I'm sorry. Why are you trying to get me to care about Teen Wolf? Okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) Go ahead. Okay, so so Dylan Dylan O'Brien. I'd, I'd put him in. I, I kind of wish they would go with somebody lankier. Tyler um, Posey. That's his name. Okay. <laughs> I kind of wish they'd go with somebody lankier, but, you know, Dylan O'Brien, uh, I was, I liked him more in the Maze Runner than I should have. And he seems to have, have the physique, uh, but he might be Maze Runner busy. Yeah. At, Okay, let me go back to Dylan O'Brien for a second. He plays Styles, which if you've seen the Michael J. Fox Teen Wolf as many times as I have, that's like the goofy best friend. He's okay, the he human. plays the goofy, be- the goofy best friend. And Tyler Posey is the wolf. And so, yeah, it's it's definitely a Pacey situation where everyone likes Dylan O'Brien best. Okay, I'm on board with this. I'm on board for the Pacey of, of MTV's Teen Wolf to be our news. <laughs> I would just do that over <laughs> Logan Lerman, which is the name oh, that's come up actually no. in people talking about it and so when people say logan lerman i say dylan o'brien yeah, but that's a good counter fine i'm sure there's somebody out there i'm sure there are disney shows i'm not watching or something that have the perfect guy that i'm looking for um, i don't know all the perfect guys i'm looking for have the wrong skin color in terms of their performance uh, so oh, like what are you that. gonna do well what yeah who would be your perfect non-white spider-man um uh, who's the oh i gotta look up his name he plays the dorky kid in uh dear white people oh i don't know that kid's name okay yeah if if you were to like not i mean he's super dorky in that movie i'm, yeah. I'm googling right now yeah if you were to you know make him look cool that's like the lanky spider-man shape that i'm looking for tyler james williams tyler james williams right yeah. and he's on the walking dead right now and he's, oh. he wasn't he he's everybody hates chris yeah he's chris exactly okay yeah yeah i would i would put him in there but i really don't think they're going to be able to go black um and any uh, okay all right well those are good answers um i'm going to say it's too bad that the mud kid got cast in x-men he might be too old and maybe too bulky. Mm-hmm. Ooh actually you know what if we're going to go like anything goes i would I would put Maisie Williams in. <laughs> um, Ty Sheridan, yeah. Okay, so Ty Sheridan, who's one of the Mud Kids. But maybe oh, the, Ty Sheridan, yeah. Maybe the other him. Mud Kid, Jacob Laughlin, who was great on Justified. Um, that might be my vote. It's Jacob Laughlin. Uh, he's very cool, young looking, though, so we'll the see. The cool thing about Miles Morales in the comics is that he's 13, which is younger than even the ultimate Peter Parker, which was like 16. 
So I I know they want to go high school so they could go like uh, drama and younger and kind of soap, which is all in line with the comics, which I get. But there would be something really cool about seeing like a really tiny physique amongst the Avengers. Okay, then I'm then I am sticking by. Oh, apparently Jacob Laughlin was also in Maze Runner. Apparently I really need to see Maze Runner. Oh, Um, man. Yeah, Maze Runner wasn't that bad. It's like a farm for future uh, Spider-Man. For Uh, boys. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Spider-Man farm. (laughs) Spider-Man farm. That's what we'll call it. Yeah. What's his name from um, Game of Thrones is too old, right? At this point. Who was also in Maze Runner and about a boy. The the, the Love Actually kid. Jojen. Yeah. Jojen more. Yeah. Warm hands. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's probably too old. I don't, I don't, I don't Seriously, know. Seriously, I'm gonna watch. Ma- this is this is the best argument I've heard yet for me to watch Maze Runner, and it's to watch it for Spider-Man Farm uh, potentials. That's basically it. There are a whole bunch of potential <laughs> Spider-Man in there. All right. Uh, ooh, there's a really good. Uh, if you wanted to have an Asian Spider-Man, there's a good Asian Spider-Man in that movie. All right. Yeah, Maze Runner. Ooh, and you know what? Uh, who's the director of that movie? Bell Ball. I gotta look this up now. <laughs> he would be. He would be a good director. To if if you could pry him, look, just just stop the Maze Runner trilogy right now. Yeah, nobody cares about Scorch Trials. Wes Ball. Wes Ball. Name. Yeah, Wes Ball. He was like this was his first feature, but he'd done a whole bunch of like special effects direction. He does like a crazy amount of setups a day, and just like really directs like right on a budget but for maximum output he'd be good i don't know drew goddard be good they both agree that they they like him but i think he might be stuck with sinister six oh Oh. no that's not fair (laughs) (laughs) well maybe if he can make that work maybe okay who knows all right so your your vote is dylan o'brien my vote is jacob laughlin you heard it here first um, if either of those people get cast, <laughs> I don't think I've ever successfully precast a, a film before. I precast Michelle McLaren as director of Wonder Woman, but I was far from alone in that. So, you know, I don't think I think Zach Efron's too old too. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely heard too old. his name thrown around, but that's good because he he should be Black Bolt. Oh, okay. Oh, and who would be his Medusa? That's not her name. Yeah, that's her name. Yeah, uh, Jessica Chastain. Oh, that the age difference there is intriguing. I like it. All right. Well, they're they're in humans, and one of them doesn't talk. Just like <laughs> I would love it if it's just if it's him, just Zac but, Efron like clenching his jaw for. Well, for and a whole they give movie. him like a like a a square jawed like prosthetic chin, so he's just like this imposing <laughs> thing. Because it's like, well, he's never going to have to open his mouth. Who cares if it doesn't look good when he's talking? <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, Zach Efron. Do better things. Do, be- I'll, do I'll better see Neighbors too, but do better things. Neighbors is great. And man, that, that <laughs> I have to edit out. Okay. Oh, sorry. Well, I think you saying you saying you have to edit it out means you have to edit it out. So okay. now after that edit where <laughs> I told you what's really happening with Spider-Man. Yeah. That redacted section. I hope you guys all enjoyed that. Um, <laughs> Is there anything else we want to talk about in terms of Spider-Man? I mean, I was going to say we like, and we can't Dreamcast a lady because you don't think there's going to be a, a Mary Jane or a Gwen Stacy. Oh, I, th- I think they'll be there. I just don't think it'll be the focus where it's like, why won't she like me? I can't be close to her because we're done with that. Okay, but then there, I there's say gotta be, there's got to be a Gwen Stacy. I would hope a Gwen Stacy and a Mary Jane. I say Jacob Laughlin, who was on Justified, and Caitlin Deaver from Justified. Though Caitlin Deaver probably is better than Love Interest. She, she'd have her own franchise. Anyway. Um, mm, I'd want to go, yeah. You, you kind of want to go alternative, like the alternate Mary Jane for Mary Jane, because it's kind of weird to have like two bombshells fighting over this dork. Yeah. So I would go with like a that and then like a Sosha Ronin or something for like a snotty Gwen Stacy. But like Caitlin Deaver isn't a bombshell. She's like... I mean, she's beautiful, but she's, like, so normal-looking. Yeah, I mean, you could give her, like, the... But what I'm saying is, like, that dynamic, I would, if you're going to have both a Gwen Stacy and a, and a Mary Jane, just have, like, the bookish version of Mary Jane. Right. Okay. Anyway, but, like, like everything's possible. Well, I don't until... really want, like, I mean, a Betty and Veronica situation. Is that what we're talking about? 
Well, uh, what's the alternative here? I don't know. He bros down with some other like Maze Runner guys. Does Peter Parker have bros? <laughs> uh, not really. Miles uh, Morales has bros. Uh, but yeah, Peter Parker. I mean, he's got he's got some friends. Uh, th- good things don't happen to them, uh, as we've learned from Amazing Spider-Man Two and James Franco's life. Burn, sick burn. All Ayo. right, Ayo. Um. Is there anything else Spider-Man related we want to talk about? Oh, man, Spider-Verse is going to wrap up. Anyway, but, but probably, I don't, I don't know. There's a lot, there's a lot, I always want to talk about Spider-Man I things. Know. But we're, pro- we're probably good. That's why we did a Spider-Man episode. I hope you guys are okay with that. We uh, we probably will be back later this week to talk about, and, and we might be moving the show generally to later in the week so that we can talk about things like Arrow and the Flash and Agent Carter and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., etc., and not Gotham and not the Scarecrow on Gotham because I don't want to talk about that, and I'm very mad. Um, Ooh, why are you mad? I just... Every single news story I hear about Gotham is like, Gotham introduces like a major character. I'm like, you can't just seed your universe with all, like, you can't just like be tripping over Jonathan Cranes and, uh, you know, enigmas and like what everywhere you go. And that's what Gotham is. It's just like too crowded, in my opinion. So having not watched the show there's also well we'll talk about this later in the week but there's also the constantine news which is really interesting so (laughs) oh oh dc properties (laughs) i have lots of thoughts about you but only really in flash's corner at this point yeah well that's fair did did you see what felicity did all right never mind we'll get there okay um you can send us any of your spider-man questions or any other questions you have to bubble your thoughts at gmail.com uh we did get a couple of spider-man questions last night so thank you guys for that but we decided to just let dave off the leash and go for it uh instead i decided that um so but we are reading your emails thank you so much you guys send us some good questions about other things that we will probably address later in the week dave where can people find your work uh at latino-review.com forbes.com and at batman v superman enter the night.com <laughs> uh, latino-review.com is where I get all of my superman, uh, superhero and star wars news personally um, you can follow me on twitter at joe wrote this you can hear me talking about justified where you can maybe see the future spider-man uh, on the <laughs> holler back podcast you can hear me talking about television in general and station agents podcast and I don't think I already said this. You can find me most days writing over on VanityFair.com. And we will see you later. Bye.